Hi folks, it's been a huge year for crypto. And on our final show of the season, we speak with Rachel Levin, Director of Ventures and Strategy at Immutable. Immutable is a global blockchain technology company with a mission to bring digital asset ownership alive through the power of NFTs. Rachel talks to us about some of the reasons that Immutable has a laser focus on the gaming industry, the challenges facing Web3, and how Immutable's suite of tools can help developers build the next generation of gaming. Crypto Frontier would not have been possible without the help of Kraken's Connie Brommel and Stockhead's Georgia Raisin. Wishing you all the best for the season, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Rachel, thanks so much for joining me today. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about your background, you know, how you arrived in crypto. I know a little bit already about that, but for our audience, <laughs> it'd be cool if you could, you know, tell them that story. Yeah, definitely. So I think like a lot of people in um, Web3, we've come from a lot of really diverse backgrounds, but mine is a bit um, unconventional in that I started off, you know, back when me and you met like nearly a decade ago, as scary as that is to say, as a research scientist um, working in like genetics and whatnot, um, and did a, a decent stint um, working at startups in that space, as well as big pharma, and then eventually moving into venture capital in the biofe- biotech space. Um, and then it was really interesting in uh, working at MH Carnegie & Co. And I know Mark Carnegie, you've had on this podcast before. Um, He runs a a vertical agnostic investment firm. So investing across, you know, biotech, consumer goods, operational real estate, really anywhere where there's, you know, good investment potential. I was working in the biotech portfolios and that's when COVID hit all of a sudden, which was a very funny time in that for biotech, the way you progress startup companies um, and, you know, get them to new value inflection points and hitting key milestones to advance the company and raise future funds and all that good stuff is a lot of times via clinical trial data. Um, mm. But cl- gathering clinical trial data requires that your patients be able to go to hospitals and often have elective surgeries and, you know, get bandwidth of doctors and have patients who are willing to electively go to hospitals as well. And pretty much all of that shut down at the start of the pandemic throughout 2020. So it was quite a quiet period while we were finding, you know, other things that we could work on with internally within the companies while we were waiting for the world to start up again. Hmm. Um, But interesting enough, um, this correlated as well with the kind of reinvigoration of Web3, specifically a big focus around NFTs um, started emerging. And uh, being a vertical agnostic firm, seeing the institutional adoption and the, you know, real innovation and leaps and bounds forward that the space was making since the last run, um, it only felt natural for us to want to dive in that space and learn more about it to understand the investment potential. And um, especially for me, uh, having a bit more time while clinical trials were all on hold for the biotech portfolios, that gave the opportunity to really explore what NFTs have to offer and how they can be value additive and the new kind of business models that can be built around them. And that is my unusual, but I am very (laughs) grateful for path to ending up in Web3 now. 
Yeah, it's a great story. I, th- um, you know, I really enjoyed that conversation we had with Mark. And for any listener that wants to go back and hear about that, you know, you guys were looking at um, at play to earn and, and yields, uh, you know, guilds and, and things like that. I think that was really exciting, and obviously, I uh, very much what was happening at that time. Um, what I'd love to do today, and you know, the reason I've invited you here is because you know you're 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 a wealth of knowledge, um, and uh, you, you've seen you know I, I guess both from the kind of VC side and and now you know working with a, a group like Immutable, you're you're kind of seeing the coalface of the developer side. It'd be great if you could go a, a level up and just talk a little bit about from your experience, you know, from that time through to now, you know what. What is, in general, like what is Web3 Gaming and, and what are the kind of things um, that is happening in the space at the moment? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a broad question, but I guess I'll start broad then um, by saying that essentially Web3 Gaming is where we're trying to align incentives between players and the platforms of the games themselves um, and not be set up with all the control being held by a centralized entity. So this is often using uh, blockchain technology as the underlying component to the game's economy, to show true digital ownership of in-game assets, and to be able to uh, like trustlessly reward players for their contributions and time spent within the game. Yeah, that's cool. And and I think what would be great is if you could and look, Immutable is obviously a kind of really interesting example because not only have has has Robbie and the guys, and they and I've had Robbie on the show as well, um, you know, built their own games, but they're building a layer. So maybe it's a good way for you to explain, you know, what's going on in the space. Would be if you could talk a little bit about what what Immutable is doing, what it's done, what it's doing, um, and, and the kind of things that you guys are seeing at the moment as as being, you know, some of these new business models, perhaps that you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, as you touched on, uh, Immutable has been in the gaming space for a very long time, back to you know long before this you know last couple years of hmm. uh, NFT mania. I believe it was back in 2018. They were working under Fuel Games, and that's one thing we really like to emphasize is even before Web3 Gaming was the you know exciting space it is today. The guys at Immutable had really understood and like seen the potential of how blockchain and true digital ownership could transform um, the gaming industry. And when they set off to build their own games, uh, they realized that there were some scalability issues and other things inherent to where blockchain was at that time. So Immutable started utilizing uh, ZK roll-up technology to enable um, the trust and security of Ethereum to be maintained and be a platform that we could continue to build on, but with getting over getting over the hurdle of essentially the transactions per second limitations and mm. the gas fees by having, in essence, a technology that bundled large amounts of transactions and then reposted them back onto the secure Ethereum blockchain. But by bundling all those transactions, you could do many, 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 many at once without like gas free um, and very quickly. Um, and that was really a 
core need for gaming with all the microtransactions that happen inside. It just wasn't going to be feasible to build it on Ethereum, despite Ethereum having the network effects when you take into account how expensive each transaction would take Hmm. and how long each transaction would take. So initially, there was a scaling solution component, and we still have that today, but we do firmly believe that the technology is getting better and better, and there are going to be many, many scaling solutions out there in the future. Um, So we do feel that has a level of commoditization that will happen over time. And Hmm. where we've really been focusing additionally is we like to rather think of ourselves instead of saying immutable is a layer two. Immutable is a one-stop shop tech stack essentially for uh, game developers. And Mm. unlike other people building in the space on different blockchains, we're not trying to be everything to everyone in this instance right now. We're focusing on our roots, we're focusing on gaming, and we're focusing on the pain points in gaming. And what that boils down to a lot is that game developers, what they love to do and what they're incredible at doing is building games. What a lot of them don't want to either deal with or spend the resources on or, you know, figure out how to make it secure enough so you don't think, see things like these bridge hacks that have happened in other games occur is they want someone to, you know, essentially abstract away the Web3 components and make it easy for them to do what they're best at. So um, on top of having a scaling solution on, on Ethereum, Immutable offers APIs and SDKs to make building in Web3 as easy and seamless as possible so that the game developers can focus on building games. That's cool. So so it's just, just to jump in on that one. So, you know, obviously there's Immutable X, which is the scaling layer. So IMX, people might know it as IMX. Um, and then you're saying there's some APIs. Can you Could you tell us a little, little bit, not, not specific detail to detail, you know, and not talking about the actual call and responses, but, you know, what kind of things can, can developers use the APIs for? Really for, for any key things that are needed to develop develop games. Um, you know, again, not to get too deep in the tech and Jono, just for this part, probably cut that out because I don't want to, you know, say anything <laughs> that engineers are going to like roll over in their grave over. But I would just leave it as we abstract away anything needed to essentially build on Web3. There's no need for you to worry about building smart contracts or anything like that. But there's additional layers that I'd like to emphasize on as well, um, moving mm-hmm. away from the specific APIs and SDKs. I think what I would say, though, is there's a whole other thing outside of the APIs and SDKs is that is only one component of the developer tech stack. A major issue we have in crypto is like on-ramping. So we use MoonPay. Mm-hmm. You can sign up with an email. You can easily pay with a credit card to get NFTs. There's, If you want to be, you know, more Web3 native and have your own, uh, you know, MetaMask wallet, um, then you absolutely can use that and plug that into the IMX platform. Um, however, if you want to use our easy services of our sign up with an email address and use MoonPay and credit card to come in and purchase your NFTs, that's perfectly fine and um, enabled by our platform as well. And then thirdly, we also see a major issue in that right now there are so many different marketplaces that are scattered around with different NFTs siloed in each one. And it really takes a motivated user currently to go around and find exactly which items they want and where they live and transfer them around different platforms. So Within Immutable, we're also building our global order book, and that's for any partnered marketplaces, essentially. This includes marketplaces like uh, GameStop, which we just launched, uh, Rarible, Aqua is a really exciting new gaming marketplace um, that's partnered with us as well, and many others to all tap in, and we essentially make a global order book that shows 
all the NFTs available through our partnered platforms. And therefore, it's a one-stop shop and really increases the liquidity and ease of finding what you need for your games on our platform. So that, that becomes almost like an interoperability thing f- across games potentially as well, the fact that you've got a, a kind of harmonized order book, or is that, a, is that a separate problem? I think that might be a separate problem in that that, that is something that, and, and maybe others in Immutable will disagree with me as this is my own take here, and that I think the interoperability component of Web3 is a very idealistic and maybe one day we'll get there, but is not the immediate need in my eyes. Um, The immediate need in my eyes is that you often have just like a bunch of gamers playing a bunch of different games like separately in each game. And then they'll want a place just to be able to trade all their assets and realize Mm. value so they can go buy assets to play a different game. It's not necessarily for porting between games. If somebody wants to build that technology, that's, you know, that will be very interesting to see um, how that develops in the future. But I think immediately we're trying to say, instead of having pockets of gamers spread out all over the place, Um, Let's just get all the eyes in one place using this global order book technology so that people can easily find the liquidity they need to swap in and out of different in-game assets. Yeah. So it's like the user experience problem. Yeah. Yeah. you know, being solved at the level of at the level of the asset, um, and and then you you've been talking about the kind of, I guess that, you know, the user experience problem in terms of onboarding. I just like to touch on that a little bit more. So, you know, what kind of um, categories have you seen that you know that are, are attracting gamers because you know there's obviously a big a big run-up of interest in in some of the nft based or, or web3 based gaming you know last year and the year before but yeah what, what are the categories that you're really interested in and how do people get involved in, in in these games at the moment you're absolutely right there was a version one blockchain game which we all saw which included your axie infinities of about a year ago is when those got really hyped. Um, But those were, in a lot of ways, a glorified DeFi application that had characters in it and um, weren't necessarily like true games where people showed up and really wanted to engage just to play the games. And that was something that uh, really did attract me to Immutable initially and that they really had a focus. um, You know, Gods Unchained, for instance, has been a game around for ages and it never Mm. really got into that hype cycle of let's play to earn, let's do this to make money purely as our driver here. Um, And instead, that was more just about trading cards like you would with Magic the Gathering. And there's value Mm. in these cards and swapping around to make different collections. And um, that was more of the focus. And that continues to be at a very like high level what we're interested in is games that are primarily fun to play initially. That's not restricted to just one genre, but it's like, why do people show up? They show up because they want to play. The gameplay is exciting. The game loops are exciting. Um, And then there's a second layer, right, that comes on is like, why does a game need NFTs? And I'll be the first to say not every game will need NFTs. And Mm. um, I I don't take an extremist view that Web3 is going to, Web3 gaming is going to erase Web2 gaming. Rather, I see it as an extension or another Um, you know, model that can be used, um, just as you saw with like free to play, there are still premium games that exist Mm. out there Mm. outside of that model. So I think this just gives developers another option of a way to think about, you know, engaging and aligning incentives with their player base, and then seeing what new kinds of behaviors and gameplay come out of it when you have um, buy in from the players in a a new way. when we look at, you know, different genres, for instance, uh, you know, you have all your classic genres there that are like your, you know, FPSs and your um, MOBAs, as well as 
you know, casual games, mid-core games, all the way up to your triple A games. Um, I think that there are is opportunity in all of those broader spaces for NFTs to play a place. But I also don't believe in just putting an NFT into a game to make it an NFT game. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Okay, well, why don't we then go to the kind of macro picture? And you, you've talked about the fact that you might see the introduction of Web3, uh, let's call it machinery, be that NFTs or other, into games of all different categories. Well, how big, I guess, is then the market and how are you guys looking at the kind of size of the the potential here for Web3 gaming globally? Yeah, definitely. So um, when we just look at the gaming market in general over time, like in 2021 and 2022, it's reaching... $200 billion, uh, which is a larger industry than, you know, music and video industry combined. Hmm. And that's for gaming, like web the gaming as we know it currently. Um, and like I said, not all of those games will be applicable, but I think it also could be the case that we see entire new genres and entire new player bases get interested um, in gaming when there are new mechanics. You know, for instance, uh, if you look at Candy Crush before it came out, a lot of those people never would have considered themselves a gamer, but like a new type of game coming out and a new way of interacting and a new accessibility, suddenly you have a whole new group of now gamers showing up. And I'm really interested to see um, if that happens with Web3 as well, as the incentives um, and alignment are um, very unique compared to what we've seen before. So as we know it right now, gaming is a $200 billion market opportunity. Um, there will be places where NFTs fit, um, there will be places that they do not, but there'll also be completely new areas and kind of new types of games that are I'm expecting to come out as well, um, being driven by these new social fabrics that come about mm. when players actually own their digital goods and can trade them. Yeah, it's like a greenfield opportunity there for sure. Um, and maybe maybe we can just kind of look now just over the horizon you know from immutables standpoint what do you guys um you know what i guess what's the next 12 months look like from your perspective strategically and and can you even look beyond that I mean, right now it's hard to look beyond a week but um you know what is the what does the over the horizon look like for, for for the the industry for you yeah yeah great question and actually we take a very different approach to um you know forward looking than i guess maybe other applications in the crypto and web3 space and that gaming takes a long time to build like real games take multiple years to build. So to answer your question, we actually are looking quite far in the future because a lot of mm. what's in our pipeline right now are partners that we've, you know, that we've onboarded to the immutable platform. Their games may, we, we're very excited about what they're building, but it's unlikely a lot of those games will even be live in the next 12 months. Um, and, and I think that that is where we are really in build mode right now mm. um, in that we were very fortunate to have closed our Series C earlier in the year. Um, so we have plenty of runway as it stands right now and completely focused on product, finding new ways that we can solve pain points for game developers and supporting all those games that are in our pipeline. For instance, last quarter, Immutable signed more games onto the platform than we had ever in the history of our company before that. So there's definitely a huge acceleration, not taking the foot off the pedal in terms of partnering with games and giving them the support and resources and 
technology they need to build in Web3. Um, but a lot of what we're seeing and very excited about uh, probably won't be live for over 12 months. Well, that's, that's, that's actually quite exciting, right? I mean, it's a patient mm. construction and, and yeah, completely from it, from, from my perspective, um, it makes so much sense that you guys are building the, the tools um, to then allow the, the ecosystem to, to kind of grow on top of that lattice. And it's been, you know, f- fascinating to hear you talk about those things. So, Rach, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for talking us through uh, Web3 Gaming and looking forward to seeing, you know, getting you back here in 12 months' time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was great chatting with you. Thanks, everyone, for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been The Crypto Frontier. Crypto Frontier.